You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to Single Fathers Today. I'm your host, Mark Hill. This podcast is geared towards uh, men who are either going through a divorce, uh, contemplating divorce, or is um, just completed going through the divorce process. You have custody of your kids, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what the hell do I do now? Uh, where am I going forward with this? Um, how do I achieve this um, this objective as far as trying to be the best parent that I can for my kids? Uh, you know, today... You have um, a situation where it's uh, fathers that are stepping up to the plate as well. It's not that old uh, rule where you go through a divorce and the guy just pretty much bails. Um, I'm sure they're still out there, but um, we're kind of gearing this one towards the guys to get them the support that they need. Uh, if you have any questions or comments uh, related to the show or, qu- or any information for me, uh, you can send me an email at singlefatherstoday, one word, at gmail.com singlefatherstoday at gmail.com, or you can catch my Twitter feed at singlefatherstoday. So as we go into this uh, particular show, I'm going to touch on the one thing that some guys have probably already noticed, basically being the bad guy. Um, And I don't mean the bad guy in the sense of going through the the divorce process or dealing with your ex. I mean the, the process of being the bad guy when it comes to your kids. Um, to back up a little bit, usually in most situations or most scenarios, um, you had when you was married or in the relationship, you had one parent who was the nurturer, uh, one parent who was the enforcer. In some cases, it was the father that was the enforcer. Uh, in other cases, it was the father that was the nurturer. Um, I think for my role, I was the one that um, I was the enforcer. Um, I would say that my ex was probably the nurturer or she was the one to let them get away with a lot of stuff. Uh, but for me on the flip side, I would say I was the enforcer, but I was also the one that liked to go out there and spoil them at, at times. Um, you know, there's times where somebody would say, or my ex would tell me, well, just get them maybe one or two gifts, um, for them, say for the holidays or for a birthday or something like that. I come back with 10, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but this particular topic is going to talk about the kids are with you. How do you find that balance between being that nurturing person, the disciplinarian, um, and being that enforcer? Because you have to look at initially there's going to be a lot of emotion that's going on, uh, not only for you, not only for your ex, but definitely for your kids. And you're going to find out that your kids, they're going to learn real quickly that they can find, they can kind of guilt you into doing certain things, you know, to make you feel bad because the relationship broke up. They may also feel as if they may be the cause 
of the relationship breaking up. And when you explain that to them and your ex explains it, that, hey, it wasn't you. It was just, a you know, um, irreconcilable differences or just a, you and your ex couldn't have a fine common ground anymore. The kids may say, OK, now I can use this to get what I want. So how do you go about being the bad guy? Um, because one problem that does occur in this situation is that if you don't keep that same discipline approach, if you had it initially in the relationship uh, when you was with your with your spouse or significant other, uh, keeping that discipline with the kids to keep them on the proper path, when all this stuff goes awry, they will kids will try to run roughshod on the parent. And you're going to be feeling so guilty because of everything that's been going on. And you're going to you're going to want to give in and you're probably going to give in to them. But you can't because and I'm going to try not to go too far off the rails here. If you let them run roughshod and do what they want to do and act how they want to act and let them guilt you into doing whatever they want to do. That's when you'll run into problems with the kids when they get older, getting in trouble in school, getting in trouble out in the streets, not following up with what they want to do, um, you know, as far as education wise going forward in their lives. I've uh, heard of a couple of stories where you had a kid, this parent had a kid that was straight A student, honor roll, so on and so forth. Parents went through a divorce and the kid went from being a straight A honor roll student to going into drugs, fighting, so on and so forth. It was just a complete failure. And when they looked into the case or they looked into it and found out, well, how did this kid go from this point to this point? It became an issue of them looking at saying that the parents, both parents were at fault in this particular case. They went soft on the kid. They didn't have that discipline structure in place. So whenever the kid got upset and the parent told the child to do something that they didn't want to do. The kid went into this guilt mode and then the parents just gave in. And yes, you're going to want to do that. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel guilty. You know, one of the biggest things that I had to deal with uh, was having that guilt complex because, you know, I think I mentioned in one of my earlier shows, you don't get into a relationship and you don't get married to someone to find out that, you know, later on you're going to get divorced. You want to be able to fight and keep that going. And when that fails and it, it's broken, you find yourself in the mindset of I failed not only my duties as a man, my duties as a parent, my duties as a husband, my duties as a father. And there was a time where men didn't feel that way. But if you love your kids and this is going to sound weird. If you love your kids and you want the best for them, you're going to have to be able to keep that discipline portion in place. Because if you don't, you're going to do more harm than good to your child. Now, if you're out there and you got your kid listening to the show, they're going to say, Daddy, I hate him. Turn it off. So <laughs> and if my three are out there listening, yes, your dad just said that. So how do you work with this and, and how do you deal with this scenario? Well, you got to keep that structure put in place. If 
you had them at a certain time. They had to be in bed, say, at um, 8 o'clock. You got to try to keep that there. And they're going to argue with you. They're going to fight with you. They're going to scramble with you on it. But you have to keep that in place um, with the schools. And the, and the one thing I've noticed is that with kids in school, when the kids are in school, say from um, pre-K all the way up to the fifth grade, when the husband and wife are usually there, they, they're always involved in what's going on with the kids' uh, lives, activities, uh, field trips, so on and so forth. What you'll start to notice is that when they hit middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, the parents start to fade out. And if the relationship goes awry around that time, because um, I can't cite the exact study right now. I, I don't have it with me right now. But um, they were saying that once kids hit middle school, that's when a lot of the parents start to break up. You call it a seven-year itch. could call it, you know, between a husband and wife. You call it um, just irreconcilable differences. Or you find out that, you know, after all the things that we did together, we're finding out now that we're not really that compatible. And then that's when the problems start to be, you know, uh, become an issue. And one parent becomes, starts to become absent, not to be there to kind of keep down, call it for whatever you want. You know, don't want to be around that person for the argument's sake. Um, you know, you call it whatever you want to call it. They just not there. So for the sixth, seventh and eighth grade years, the parents will start to kind of fade out of the kids' lives and they kind of flounder on their own. By the time they hit high school, it's even reduced, I'd say, probably by 50 percent or 60 percent of the parent involvement with the kids. So you have to be there for them, because if you don't, that kid or your child is definitely heading down a dark path if you don't get them straight. And in some cases, if you are absent early on or wasn't involved early on or didn't have your, or wasn't keeping that discipline structure there early on, it can already be a lost cause. You know, you talk and you hear it on the news media, um, gang violence, drug usage, overdose, teen pregnancy, dropouts, all of that. If they're involved in a home that is going through a divorce, it all stems from not having that person there to be that disciplinarian. And it's going to be hard, but you have to stick through it. I can count numerous times when I was up late at night figuring out how am I going to be able to get certain things done with the kids and be there for them and handle all the stuff between dealing with the court, dealing with work, dealing with uh, the ex, and then dealing with three kids with all different activities on top of that. And then you have people that you thought were close to you that would be there to support you and you're realizing they're not there. And now you're out there left floundering. You know, your family will come in to help, but say if you're not living near your family and you're living out of state or if you're military overseas or whatever, where's that support group at? And it's easy for you to just sit back and phone it in and just say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I can't do this. You have to find a way to dig down deep inside to say, you know what, just one more day because if you don't, you get that child that you love so much and you look at them, it will definitely take them down a path that is not going to be good or healthy for them. And then that just opens up a whole new can of worms that causes a whole different set of problems. So when you're going forward with them, you know, you can modify some things. Like one of the things I would do is I would give my kids a little bit more freedom on the weekends. 
uh, to hang out with their friends or invite their friends over for cookouts or for sleepovers or they want to go to their friend's house and you want to make sure that they have good, you know, good friends. Uh, thank God that my kids had some good friends that they grew up with and uh, some good parents as well. And they were able to spend time with them, which will do one of two things. It gives them a moment to still have their childhood and interact with their friends, especially from the early school years. And if the parents of those of their friends understand and they are sympathetic, they can say, you know what, we'll take them and give you a break because we kind of figure you're going through a tough time. Um, that's if they're a couple. Now, if they're say that their friends, parents have gone through a divorce, they may say, hey, we'll do a little a barter deal where the kids can stay. With, you know, you can have the kids for one weekend or not weekend, but say for hang out overnight and then vice versa. And it kind of gives you that moment to kind of decompress and get your thoughts together. Uh, hopefully you guys can kind of catch on to that. What I'm saying is just just basically um, let the kids be the kids, but, you know, be themselves. But you also have to keep that eye on them to keep them on that straight path. You can't just phone it in. Um, there's another uh, another case I'm, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head right now of a, a child that had gotten involved in um, some trouble. I, I won't go into detail. I almost slipped and said the, the person's name. I won't go into that. But um, the child had got themselves into trouble and the parents were divorced and they were with the father, living with the father. And as the kid was arrested for an assault and when they went in before the judge, he went through juvenile and the judge was like, well, what happened? And the ex, the female ex tried to say, well, your honor, you let the kids go with him instead of staying with me. And what the judge had basically said was you at the at the time, you wasn't a fit person for and I don't know the details of what she was dealing with at the time, but she wasn't fit to be with to have the kids with her. So they went with the father. Well, the father was, I guess you could say, overwhelmed and pretty much just phoned it in. And that let the kids down a different path where they got them in trouble. And it led to this particular case. And the one thing that the dad had figured out was if I would have done things differently, my children or my child would not be in this particular case, that the situation that he's in right now. And um, I think the outcome of that case was he still had uh, the father still had custody of the child. The child was on uh, like a juvenile rehabilitation program, but the father looked at it and said, I have to change my ways as far as how I'm dealing with my child and how I'm going to raise my child to make him a better person. I don't recall the exact outcome, but I do know the child had changed his, his self around um, to a positive way. There was something like uh, it happened in um, the Metro Detroit area. It was roughly like, like three or five years ago, something like that. But, you have to make sure that you got to keep that discipline in effect and keep that structure in place. The kids aren't going to like it, but in the long run, um, they will thank you for it. They may be kicking and screaming at the time, and they are. Um, again, I, I know way too many stories that I've heard from that 
where um, that will happen. But as long as you keep that discipline in place with the kids and keep that structure in place, you know, homework time, um, play time with their friends, sports activities. If you can keep them involved in sports, that's going to be huge because that gives them that structure that is outside of the home. But it is some sort of structure there, be it in sports. Some people may not like sports, but sports is something that is definitely uh, huge in helping kids out. And it is a it's a place for them to be able to get the energy out and the, the pent up aggression and emotion. They can get it out on the field, be it um, you know any type of sports, hockey, basketball, baseball, um, soccer, track, whatever. Um, you want to try to keep them in that. If you can afford to do that, you need to go ahead and do that. If you can't afford to do something within the schools, um, you know, just get a group of kids together to do something to give them that time to let that inform- let that energy out and burn it off. Um, keep them involved in uh, different school activities, art festivals, music, band, whatever, because it's easy to just fall back and say, I can't do any of this. I can't run here. I can't run there. Again, you have to remember, you have the kids. You have to, you're taking these individuals and getting them prepared for the next level in their life. And if you don't, then they're going to go down a very, very dark path. And you don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that for their kids. So, and in a lot of cases within the court, that is an angle that the opposing counsel will try to use and say, well, she can take care of the kids much better than he can take care of the kids. Now, you know full well that's not the case, that you can do a much better job, but you have to be able to demonstrate it and you have to be able to prove it. It's going to take a lot of energy from you. It's going to be, you know, times are going to be late, you know, up late at night, but then to flip it around a little bit, you have some women that manage to pull it off. My biggest example right now is my mother, um, military veteran, raised two kids. Um, you know, my sister's doing well. I'm doing well. Got us into a certain point because she didn't give up. Now, if they can do it, you can do it as well. So there is no reason why you can't. You just got to keep that focus and keep moving forward in that general direction. So uh, that did take a little bit longer than I planned. So uh, you guys will not get a recipe from me today. So, <laughs> uh, but I will definitely have something uh, for you guys on the next show. I'm looking at possibly, and I want to try and get some input from you guys uh, real quick. Uh, like I said, I see a lot of hits that are coming up on there, but I need to get some comments from you guys. I'm right now currently scheduling to do two shows a week. Uh, but I'm thinking about maybe doing one show a week and then uh, maybe stretching it out a little bit longer or I'm, I'm not sure which. But if you guys can kind of give me some input, um, doesn't have to be anything long drawn out when you are on a SoundCloud page or on a Detroit podcast page. Just come up and say one show, two shows, or if you send me an email, one show, two shows, or if you're on my Twitter, uh, one show, two shows a week, and then I can kind of gauge exactly which way to go. I think by two shows a week kind of keeps it kind of fresh for you guys. Um, but I just want to get some input from you guys. So with that being said, I would like to thank you guys for listening. And again, if you have any questions or comments for me, just shoot me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com or check out my uh, t- uh, Twitter account at singlefatherstoday. 
So again, I'm your host, Mark Hill, wishing you guys the best and be well and hang in there and keep fighting. Mm-hmm.